0: Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to
1: read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together.
2: Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Sherry and with Janet Vanasco. (laughs) She is thrilled. I wish you could see the the face she just made. (laughs) So, Janeth is on the podcast mm-hmm. for the first time, so welcome, Janeth, and why don't you tell us a little bit about, about yourself and what you do here, and then we'll jump into Nehemiah.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah, um, I work here for 11 years. I love to work in here. It's really amazing to see what God is doing. Uh, Where well, I'm going to just say in one word, I keep the church together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I keep the building together, yeah. I work in the facility department, so... We do different things, but I love to just connect with people and just see people be, her lights be changed.
1: Yeah. Uh, the top secret thing is that Janeth is one of my favorite people on the whole staff. <laughs> oh, boy. Because when I see Janeth come to my office, I know that God wants to speak to me for some reason. <laughs> That's the actual God's honest truth. I'm like, all right, praise the Lord. Here comes Janeth. <laughs> Don't say it. That. <laughs>
2: That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so we're in uh, Nehemiah. 11 for the most part, I think we get into 12 a little. Oh, no, we don't. We don't quite make it to 12 until tomorrow. Um, and then we get into First Chronicles. And the goofy thing about today, the, the inside joke here is that pretty much every time Sherry's on here, we're just doing <laughs> long lists of names. Uh, so we get a long list of names. I apologize for all the pronunciations. I'm sure I didn't do them right yeah I appreciate well. you
2: not having me read today
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and th- it does it does feel like this is one of those days when you read the Bible and you feel like okay what in the world could possibly be in here for me to learn today um, yeah. but we've we chatted out a little bit and I think we've we've noticed a couple things that maybe rise to the top so what do you guys notice as we've read over this? what do you see
2: um well, one of the things that just really stuck out to me at the first part, right there at ne- Nehemiah eleven, um, it was it was actually verse two. And the people commended everyone who volunteered to resettle in Jerusalem because it is a big deal. Like, like I think today, just moving from one place to another, these people were resettling, but um, and they were volunteers. They just they volunteered to get up and do it and like pick up their lives and resettle back in, you know, in in, Jer- in Jerusalem. So that kind of stood out to me um, immediately. Um, and the other thing was like the painstaking, meticulous way they <laughs> they kept all these genealogies, uh-huh. Uh-huh. where today most cultures don't do that. We've kind of lost that. Although we were talking about the Amish and the Mennonite, how they have their books, mm-hmm. um, but um, that was very important to them, and they they did it so painstakingly, no matter where they were, no matter. So that just always every time every time I'm on here and we read the genealogies, <laughs> it always amazes me. Um, how meticulous they were in keeping in keeping them
1: yeah so the on that history of who's coming and who's going and all that kind of stuff um, obviously they're they're very Mm -hmm. meticulous there's not they didn't have uh, they didn't have the internet they didn't have printing press they couldn't they didn't have multiple copies of these Mm -hmm. things like (laughs) this record was very important and actually would have been guarded very closely Um, they have been drug into exile so they Mm -hmm. apparently must have taken that with them Um, so it it is very important to them. And I think just an interesting thing to remember is that, uh, the heading, the heading for Nehemiah 12 is a history of the priests and the Levites. One reason that this is so important and it is so that they can remember their, their family history and kind of their legacy, but also it, you, you couldn't just become a priest. You couldn't just like go to preschool and become a priest. You couldn't, you know, whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. The way that people became religious leaders is very different then. And so it actually was required that you were part of this Mm -hmm. family line. Mm -hmm. So this family line is important because it determines, like, okay, who's going to be working in the temple? Who's going to be working, you know, as one of the temple singers, as one of the gatekeepers that wasn't available to everyone. Mm -hmm. You couldn't just send in an application. (laughs) So their family line is really important, actually. Um, So that's what we get here. And, man, is it interesting to read. (laughs) What, did, what were you noticing, Janet?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think Sherry was uh, just uh, saying, you know, like for me, it was amazing to see who knows how many years mm-hmm. they've been keeping all these records saying, um, you know, they don't do it like we're doing right now, like, you know, just have a computer and doing it. Yeah. That's something that calls my attention. in generation, trust generation, how they pass. Over to the family, mm-hmm. and how they kept that for years and years, and I think one of the things for me was like you were mentioning before, it's like you know I don't we don't keep those records, I right. don't I, at least I don't, but you were sharing about that, and for them it was really important, mm-hmm. and I think also that was as a memory that what God did in their mm-hmm. lives, mm-hmm. you know, I think in the first is like you know they were exiled because they were not being obedient to God. They, they started doing their own things and things like that. But one of the things that makes me is, you know, uh, I think we were talking about that is um, how Nehemiah and Ezra come together and put these things together for God's grace. Mm-hmm. and help to understand, you know, that God is first. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the part the thing. I, I like that. But yeah, definitely all. I won't will, I will put those names to my children. Oh, so my gosh, it's crazy.
1: If you're looking for baby names, <laughs> no. here you go. Um, another thing that stuck out to me, kind of the end, uh, I think it's, I'm looking here, it's First Chronicles 9.22. Uh, it talks a little, a lot of the passage talks about gatekeepers. But kind of the end of the reading for today talks specifically about gatekeepers. It says, in all, there were 212 gatekeepers in those days, and they were listed according to the genealogies in their villages. David and Samuel the seer had appointed their ancestors because they were reliable men. David and Samuel were a long time ago, guys, right? Remember when we were reading about them? It was months ago. (laughs) Um, But David and Samuel, like, they start this legacy of faithful gatekeepers, um, so not only do I want to point out the importance of like a faithful legacy, like it was important these guys had character, mm-hmm. uh, that they were responsible, that they were faithful. Um, but also they get a lot of attention just in this, this latter part of this passage about how important the role of a gatekeeper was within this faith community. And what's very interesting about it is we would not look at their role and think that they were doing any kind of like major like they, they weren't preaching, they weren't teaching, mm-hmm. they weren't offering sacrifices. They were literally keeping track of the gates and mm-hmm. making sure the stuff was clean and making sure that the priests had what they needed. Mm-hmm. And this was a radically significant task within the community. So I think um I, maybe it's lost on us a little bit, like the importance of just serving really, really well. Um and and definitely what's lost on us a little bit is the importance of faithful roles that are outside of the spotlight. I think yeah. these gatekeepers are incredibly faithful men that probably didn't get much attention. They certainly didn't get the attention that the priests did. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at what was required of these guys, they had to be present like all hours. Um, it, it goes on to talk a little bit about the the people that were worshiping with music. They were there all the time. Um, it talks about how they kept track uh this is kind of interesting. This is chapter or verse twenty-eight. Some of the gatekeepers were assigned to care for various articles used in worship. That literally just means they're like keeping track of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um they checked them in and out to avoid any loss. <laughs> like these are the check-in guys, right? Yeah. And these these dudes are super important in the biblical record um because of what they offered at the temple. It says um Others were responsible for furnishings, could just literally keep in track of the stuff on the walls, the stuff on the floor, the items in the sanctuary and the supplies, such as flour, wine, oil, frankincense, and spices. It goes on to talk about a baker um, who was very important. So I think just a reminder that everybody involved in the service of God is radically important. And I think one of the things that that we have kind of fallen into is almost... Uh, just this high level of expectation and appreciation just for pastors when it's like, Hey, there's a lot that goes into what happens in a church. Um, and it's not just the dude on the stage. That's the faithful servant. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so, yeah,
2: I, I think it's a good reminder of, um, our responsibilities when we are serving God, no matter what we're doing Yeah, and, and to work, to work hard, do it. Well, I think sometimes in, um, some of the, um, up-and-coming generations that that hard work is is not always there you don't Mm -hmm. you don't see them being very diligent in in their work and i I think sometimes that's been kind of lost over Mm -hmm. the generations um they were very diligent Mm -hmm. in what they did no matter what they were doing um whether it was keeping track of the olive oil or um you know, the can, whatever, whatever those objects were that they were making sure weren't lost or um, and the priests had everything they had. Um, so even for people that aren't in a church, working in a church, it's important no matter where you are, that you are serving God in whatever you're doing. Yeah. And I think
0: sometimes we, despite the small beginnings, what I mean with that I is, I, I heard a lot of this, you know, I would like to do this and then I can be someone. And I think we kind of mistakenly that because mm-hmm. your true identity is in who you are in Christ. If you know that, no matter what are you doing, it can be wiping a table, toilet, whatever, that's not your identity. Your identity is knowing that you are as a child of God. Mm-hmm. And from there, it will overflow all your serving. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing called my attention right here is like, as a body of Christ, they have different parts, uh-huh. right? So if the ear is not working correctly, the other part the eye is not working. So sometimes we mistake that because we need everything. Every part is important in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So just for example, if there's a building that is not prepared, congregation can experience God. Mm-hmm. In the same way. So sometimes we mistake it a lot. So the small beginnings doesn't mean it's not important. Yeah. I think if we do have a servant heart, we serve in many areas no matter what because at the end of the day we're serving a god
1: uh-huh.
0: and that's the part i love here mm-hmm. you know like there were like it's like there were faithful faithful doing that and just i think discipline like you know every single day mm-hmm. and i think everything is how you're going to do those things uh-huh. it's going to be a good action with attitude or it's just going to do like whatever uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the part i like it yeah
1: this is good. Yeah. This is good, guys. Who thought we could get what we got out of a list of names? <laughs> yes. All right. So we'll be we'll be back tomorrow uh, with Sherry and Janet again, and we'll be going a little bit further into Nehemiah. So we'll see you then. <music> Nehemiah eleven, starting in verse one. The leaders of the people were living in Jerusalem, the holy city. A tenth of the people from the other towns of Judah and Benjamin were chosen by sacred lots to live there too, while the rest stayed where they were. And the people commended everyone who volunteered to resettle in Jerusalem. Here's a list of the names of the provincial officials who came to live in Jerusalem. Most of the people, priests, Levites, temple servants, and descendants of Solomon's servants, continued to live in their own homes in the various towns of Judah, but some of the people from Judah and Benjamin resettled in Jerusalem. From the tribe of Judah, Athiah, son of Uzziah, son of Zechariah, son of Amariah, son of Shephthiah, son of Mahaliel, the family of Perez. Also, Messiah, son of Baruch, son of Kolhosheth, son of Haziah, son of Adaiah, son of Joarib, son of Zechariah, and the family of Shelah. There were 468 descendants of Perez who lived in Jerusalem, all of outstanding men. From the tribe of Benjamin, Salu, son of Mashulam, son of Joed, son of Padiah, son of Coliah, son of Mesiah, son of Ithiel, son of Jethiah. After him were Gabi, Salai, and a total of 928 relatives. Their chief officer was Joel, son of Zikri, who was assisted by Judah, son of Hesua, second in command over the city. From the priests, Jediah, son of Juriab, Jachin, and Sariah and Hilkiah, son of Meshulam, son of Zadok, son of Marioth, son of Ahitub, the supervisor of the temple of God. Also 822 of their associates who worked at the temple. Also Adiai, son of Jehoam, son of Peliah, son of Amzi, son of Zechariah, son of Pasher, son of Milkiah along with 242 of his associates who were heads of their families. Also Amishai, son of Azarel, son of Ahazai, son of Maheliamoth, son of Immer, and 128 of his outstanding associates. Their chief officer was Zabdiel, son of Hagridulim. From the Levites, Shemaiah, son of Hassab, son of Azrakem, son of Ashabiah, son of Buni. Also, Shebathai and Josabad, who were in charge of the work outside of the temple of God, also Mataniah, son of Mica, son of Zabdi, a descendant of Asaph, who led the thanksgiving and prayer. Also, Bakbukiah, who was Mataniah's assistant, and Abda, son of Shemua, son of Galal, son of Jeduthun. In all, there were two hundred and eighty-four Levites in the holy city, from the gatekeepers. Akhub, Talman, and 172 of their associates who guarded the gates. The other priests, Levites, and the rest of the Israelites lived wherever their family inheritance was located in any of the towns of Judah. The temple servants, however, whose leaders were Ziha and Jispa, also lived on the hill of Ophel. The chief officer of the Levites in Jerusalem was Uzi, son of Bani, son of Heshabai, son of Mataniah, son of Micah, a descendant of Asaph whose family served as singers in God's temple. Their daily responsibilities were carried out according to the terms of a royal command. Pathaniah, son of Mezabel, a descendant of Zerah, son of Judah, was the royal advisor in all the matters of public administration. As for the surrounding villages with their open fields, some of the people of Judah lived in Kiriath-arba with their settlements, Debon with its settlements, and Jechabiel in its villages. They also lived in Jeshua, Molada, Beth-Pelat, Hazarshul, Beersheba and its settlements, Ziklag, Mekona and its settlements. They also lived in Rimon, Zora, Jarmuth, Zanoah, and Adjallam with their surrounding villages. They also lived in Lachish with its nearby fields and Ezekah with its surrounding villages. So the people of Judah were living all the way from Beersheba into the town and into the valley of Hinnom. Some of the people of Benjamin lived at Geba, Michmash, Ahijah, and Bethel with its settlements. They also lived in Ananoth, Nob, Ananiah, Hazor, Ramah, Gittim, Hadid, Zeboim, Nebalat, Lod, Ono, and the Valley of Craftsmen. Some of the Levites who lived in Judah were sent to live with the tribe of Benjamin. Here is the list of the priests and Levites who returned with Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, and Jeshua the high priest. Sariah, Jeremiah, Ezra, Amariah, Maluk, Hatush, Shechaniah, Harim, Meramoth, Edo, Ginnathon, Abijah, Miniamin, Moabdia, Bilga, Shemiah, Joriab, Jediah, Salu, Amak, Hilkiah, and Jediah. These were the leaders of the priests and their associates in the days of Jeshua. The Levites who returned with them were Jeshua, Benui, Kenmiel, Sherabiah, Judah, and Mataniah, who with his associates was in charge of the songs of thanksgiving. Their associates, Bakbukiah and Uni, stood opposite them during the service. Jeshua the high priest was the father of Joachim. Joachim was the father of Eliashib. Eliashib was the father of Joiada. Joiada was the father of Johanan. Johanan was the father of Jeduah. Now when Joachim was the high priest, the family leaders of the priests were as follows. Moriah was the leader of the family of Sariah. Hananiah was the leader of the family of Jeremiah. Meshulam was the leader of the family of Ezra. Johanan was the leader of the family of Amariah. Jonathan was the leader of the family of Maluk. Joseph was the leader of the family of Shekaniah. Adnah was the leader of the family of Haram. Halkiah was the leader of the family of Merimoth. Zechariah was the leader of the family of Edo. Meshulam was the leader of the family of Ginnathon. Zikri was the leader of the family of Abijah. There was also a leader of the family of Minim- Minimin. Piltaiah was the leader of the family of Modiah. Shemua was the leader of the family of Bilgah. Jehonathan was the leader of the family of Shemaiah. Mattaniah was the leader of the family of Joriab. Uzi was the leader of the family of Jediah, Kalai was the leader of the family of Salu. Eber was the leader of the family of Amok. Heshbiah was the leader of the family of Hilkiah. Nethanel was the leader of the family of Jedidiah. A record of the Levite families was kept during the years when Eliashib, Jehoiah, judah. Johanan and Jedua served as the high priests. Another record of the priests was kept during the reign of Darius the Persian. A record of the heads of the Levite families was kept in the book of the history, down to the days of Johanan, the grandson of Eliashib. These were the family leaders of the Levites, Heshbiah, Sherabiah, Jeshua, Benui, Cadmiel and the other associates who stood opposite them during their ceremonies of praise and thanksgiving, one section responding to the other as commanded by David, the man of God. This included Mattaniah, Bakbukiah, and Abbot Obadiah. Meshulam, Talmud, and Aqab were the gatekeepers in charge of the storerooms at the gates. These all served in the days of Joachim, son of Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, and in the days of Nehemiah the governor, and of Ezra the priest and scribe. 1 Chronicles 9, starting in verse 1. The people of Judah were exiled to Babylon because they were unfaithful to the Lord. The first of the exiles to return to their prosperity in their former towns were priests, Levites, temple servants, and other Israelites. Some of the people from the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh, came and settled in Jerusalem. One family that returned was that of Uthi, son of Enemunabud, son of Omri, son of Imri, son of Bani, a descendant of Perez, the son of Judah. Others returned from the Shilohite clan, including Asahiah, the oldest, and his sons. From the Zerorite clan, Jehuel returned with his relatives. In all, 690 families from the tribe of Judah returned. From the tribe of Benjamin came Salu, son of Meshulam, son of Hodaviah, son of Hesanua, Ibaniah, son of Jehoram, Elah, son of Uzi, son of Mikri, and Meshulam, son of Shephthiah, son of Reuel, son of Ibjaya. These men were all leaders of clans, and they were listed in their genealogical records. In all, 956 families from the tribe of Benjamin returned. Among the priests who returned were Jedidiah, Jehorib, Jechan, Azariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Meshulam, son of Zadok, son of Marioth, son of Ahitub. Azariah was the chief officer of the house of God. Other returning priests were Adadiah, son of Jehoram, son of Pashur, son of Meshulam, son of Immer. In all, 1,760 priests returned. They were heads of clans and very able men. They were responsible for ministering at the house of God. The Levites who returned were Shemaiah, son of Hesab, son of Azrakhem, son of Hesbiah, a descendant of Merari, bakbar Hedaresh, Galal, Mataniah, son of Mica, son of Zikri, son of Asap, Obadiah, son of Shemaiah, son of Galal, son of Jejuthan, and Barakiah, son of Asa, son of Ilkana, who lived in the area of Netupa. The gatekeepers who returned were Shalom, Akab, Talmon, Ahanem, and their relatives. Shalom was the chief gatekeeper. Prior to this time, they were responsible for the king's gate on the east side. These were served as gatekeepers for the camps of the Levites. Shalom was the son of Kori, a descendant of Esabaph, from the clan of Korah. He and his relatives, the, the Korathites, were responsible for guarding the entrance to the sanctuary, just as their ancestors had guarded the tabernacle in the camp of the Lord. Phineas, son of Eleazar, had been in charge of the gatekeepers in earlier times, and the Lord had been with him. And later Zechariah, son of Meshmaiah, was responsible for guarding the entrance to the tabernacle. In all, there were 212 gatekeepers in those days, and they were listed according to their genealogies in their villages. David and Samuel the seer had appointed their ancestors because they were reliable men. These gatekeepers and their descendants, by their divisions, were responsible for guarding the entrance to the house of the Lord when the house was a tent. The gatekeepers were stationed on all four sides, east, west, north, and south. Their relatives in the villages came regularly to share their duties for seven-day periods. The four chief gatekeepers, all Levites, were trusted officials, for they were responsible for the rooms and treasuries at the house of God. They would spend the night around the house of God since it was their duty to guard it and to open the gates every morning. Some of the gatekeepers were assigned to care for the various articles used in worship. They checked them in and out to avoid any loss. Others were responsible for the furnishings, the items in the sanctuary, and its supplies, such as choice flour, wine, olive oil, frankincense, and spices. But it was the priests who blended the spices. Mattathiah, a Levite and the oldest son of Shalom the Korathite, was entrusted with baking the bread used in the offerings. And some members of the clan of Kohath were in charge of preparing the bread to be set on the table each Sabbath day. The musicians, all prominent Levites, lived at the temple. They were exempt from other responsibilities since they were on duty at all hours. All these men lived in Jerusalem. They were the heads of the Levite families and were listed as prominent leaders in their genealogical records.